You need two things in order to make a good decision for your business. You need to have the data. You need to understand your numbers to understand what the impact of each different decision will be on the bottom line and your profit margin. But that's only one piece of the puzzle. You also need to use your value set. This project for us has been a really great example of like using that data and those proof points and having the conversation about what we value individually and as a business to make the right decision for us. Hey, welcome to the Lady Brains podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Judd and Anna McKenzie, co-founders of Lady Brains, a digital and IRL club for female founders and founders to be. We're chasing down the most successful female entrepreneurs from around the globe, not only to hear their life story, but to extract their knowledge and world-class insights. If you're curious and ambitious, then Lady Brain, you are in the right place. Get ready for some hard-hitting truths, a dose of inspo, and learnings you can apply right away. Strap in. Hey everyone, it's Caitlin here and I am in the studio today with Anna. Hi. 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 How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. How are you? Oh, good. I'm glad you're excited. I'm good. I'm good. Today is a special day. Today is a special day because we're doing something a little different. We are taking you behind the scenes. We are taking you into our business and we're sharing something pretty special today because it's something that we've been working on for quite a while. It is. And just before we tell you what it is, Mm. the reason that we're doing this chat episode and bringing you kind of into the Lady Brains business is because we recently ran a survey of you, our audience, and we wanted to figure out exactly what you wanted to hear from us. And one of the big glaring pieces of feedback that came through was that you were interested in who we are and um, I guess our business building journey. So we are dabbling in chat episodes. We are. We are. And this first one is... Um, all about something that we're about to launch. The demand has been running hot. <laughs> Have I built it up enough? You've built yeah, it up enough. <laughs> I built it up. It is the Lady Brains merchandise. Whoop, a, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yep, cute confetti. It's a range of jumpers, hats, and hopefully socks if we can get that right. If we can get the socks right, we'll be doing socks too. So I think the first thing that we wanted to do was, I mean, we obviously wanted our own merchandise. Like we've existed for four years. We haven't really had, we've done a little couple of, you know, chopper bags here and there, but we haven't really been able to kind of champion our own brand. And, you know, you and I are a walking advert, a walking billboard for Lady Brains. (laughs) And, you know, earlier this year, we uh, managed to secure a really big partnership, um, with Australian Fashion Week. We were the official podcast partners. And, you know, given the fact that it was fashion, we were going to be wearing a lot lot of other brands' clothing. We were like, oh, we should also be wearing our own. What about those kind of in-between moments, you know, backstage, behind the scenes? Um, You know, we did a lot of rehearsals where we were able to kind of put on our own jumpers and take some of that content. So, you know, I think the first thing was like, okay, what are we doing? We want this product. And we kind of, yeah, as you said, accidentally built a whole heap of demand. We were wearing them on Instagram the whole time. And we had the most incredible response from our community in the DMs being like, guys, these are sick. Where can I buy them? Where can I buy them? And and I think, to be honest, I think we always intended to create these yeah. products, but that was a really, really good proof point for me and for us that people wanted them and people were wanting to buy into the brand in that way. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's really funny when 
there's something that you that people can't have, like they want it more. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like we literally only had three, three of each. <laughs> Do you know what's interesting? I think we've taken and we've spoken about this yeah. a lot offline, which is we've taken a lot of inspiration from CJ Hendry. Mm. So if you haven't listened to CJ Hendry's episodes with us, there are three. Three episodes. <laughs> but she is the most incredible artist, Aussie artist based out of New York. And she has a limited collection of work that she releases every year. It's always tied into a theme. And throughout the course of the year, she teases that artwork across mm. her social media and other channels. And she teases it by showing the process of creating the artwork mm. and, you know, she creates little sort of ancillary products that she'll sell at a low price point or tease out and it gets people really excited for the merch and I think we have tried to do that and you even on Instagram the other day brought the community into the design process. Yes, that was so fun. I was like, you you, you messaged me, you're like, I can just picture you like sitting on the floor on Instagram having a giggle. Literally. Because I was, like, I was like, I was putting up different colour combinations, um, you know, like what jump would you prefer? What stitching would you prefer? Um, what style would you prefer? And it was really fun. And I was, I think I was surprised by how many people played along. Mm. Like people really buy into it. And so like, while we did create that FOMO, right, that kind of like, oh my God, I want something that is obviously very limited and can you create it for me? We also then engaged the community to mm. help design, which so, you know, so you kind of got that FOMO and then you're getting that buy-in because the people are creating it for themselves, which was so cool. It was exciting. Yeah. So I think the lesson for us here is to create the demand before we go and create the product. A hundred percent. And I think also off the back of that, it's involve your community or your customers in the product development process before you've gone to market, make sure you have that open feedback loop. And I think for us, you know, we've got our Facebook group, but also the Instagram DMs are where we have some of our most rich conversations. You can do an amazing survey, but just having that kind of open communication and feedback with your customers throughout the process, not only gets their buy-in, but it means that we're creating a better product. So when it comes to actually making our product, the merchandise, what we have decided to do, which is something that I think we're pretty clear about from the outset, is to only purchase from our supplier what we sell to our community and our customers. Yeah, so the cart will open, people will purchase what they want, we will close the cart and then we'll go and order that from the supplier. And I think there were three pretty key reasons we decided to do that. The first is... We're still in this sort of early stages of proving that people want it. I mean, we have a wait list for the product. We know there's demand, but money talks, right? 100%. So we need to prove that we can actually sell it before we invest in the stock. Mm -hmm. Second reason? Cash flow. I think as a small business, you know, you have to make sure that like the money's totally. coming in and going out at the right time in the right way. So for us, you know, we run a pretty lean operation. Obviously, we both take a salary from this business and so to have that comfort and that confidence that the cash is coming in for us to then go and buy the product, I think is it gives me a little bit, it 100%. just makes us feel like a little, we have more control over yep. the, the outcome. 100%. And then a third reason, which is probably, you know, the primary reason yep. is that it's more sustainable. Mm. We are very conscious about, I guess, our impact on the environment. We don't want to create physical product just for the sake of it. We don't want them going to landfill. Mm -hmm. And so this way we know that there's no wastage. 100%. We're not going to be sitting on stock. And I think this, to me, is a really amazing example of making a decision, mm. a business decision, that also 
is driven by sustainability. It goes to show that you can be sustainable and commercial at the same time. This is a really smart business decision and it's a smart decision in terms of our impact. And it's the small decisions that add up over time. Totally. And so this is a perfect example. We have decided to go with an Australian manufacturer. We have decided to use eco-friendly packaging to ship it out. Um, We're not adding anything in there that we just don't think is useful Mm. or it could be harmful to the environment. And we're not always going to get it right, but I think that we have applied the kind of framework, that decision-making framework around what is best for the environment and what's best for our consumer um, community. And I think that, you know, yeah, so far I'm pretty happy with kind of where it's it's heading. Yeah, and I think that packaging um, is a really good example. You know, it will cost us less Mm. to send the product in um, non-eco-friendly Australia Post standard packaging. We'll make more money on every sale if we do that. But we have decided not to do that. And that eats into our margin, but it doesn't matter. It feels right. It feels right and it aligns with our values. And so I think, you know, that is such a tiny decision, Mm. but that is what it means to be on the journey towards being more sustainable. I imagine that there are people listening that are like, well, you know, how do you justify that when you're a small business? Because, you know, as we've spoken about, cash flow is everything and and we have to, you know, we're feeding two mouths. And so when you make a decision around, okay, well, we're going to use sustainable biodegradable packaging over something that, you know, is harmful to the environment, but cheaper, how do you, how do you make that decision? Yeah, it's funny. I think for me personally, I have adopted a fairly clinical approach to it, which Mm. kind of is probably my brain. But I look at the Excel spreadsheet of our our pricing and I and I, I go, okay, well I can put this number in in the packaging column and go, it's gonna cost $10 to ship out this unit if we ship it through Australia Post with their prepaid satchels and non-eco packaging. And this is the impact of that on our forecast and our profit profit margin. Or we can spend $15 on eco-friendly packaging, which is coming from a female-owned business in our Lady Brains community. And, you know, it's going to cost us $14. And then this is the impact to our forecast and our bottom line. And ultimately, you know, it might be a $500 difference or a $1,000 difference for this drop of merch, but that's where the decision's made, right? We've got mm. all the information about the impact of that decision on our bottom line. And we go, does that align with our values? Does that feel right? And for us, like a grand or two grand in, dif- in profit margin difference is not enough for us to say, okay, we're going to go with a non-eco option. And then the other thing I think we've done is like, while, okay, sending this merch out may, may cost us a little bit more, where can we make up that margin? So it might be that we're not spending as much money on a photo shoot or it might be that we're not spending as much money on kind of the inside of the packaging, you know, the wrapping. It might be there are other ways to kind of kind of recoup that money. So I think the biggest lesson f- from this is that you need two things in order to make a good decision for your business. You need to have the data. You need to understand your numbers to understand what the impact of each different decision will be on the bottom line and your profit margin. But that's only one piece of the puzzle. You also need to use your value set and also a little bit of intuition and gut instinct to guide your decision making. And I think this project for us has been a really great example of like using that data and those proof points and having the conversation about what we value individually and as a business to make the right decision for us. (laughs) 
So the last thing that we want to talk about, and I think it's something that we're quite proud of, is the fact that we did this whole project. We rolled out all the merchandise ourselves. We did. Yeah, it was a big undertaking. But I think we were able to do it well because... I think this time is the first time we've worked on a project where you and I really carved out different areas of responsibility and areas of responsibility that actually make sense according to our strengths. Like you created the vibe. Like <laughs> you created the vibe, like the creative, I was the, the vibe product, manager. the visual, the vision, the photography. That was an interesting experience. That was an interesting experience because I had, um, you know, we'd pulled all these references together, like on Pinterest and Instagram DM, like, you know, we were sending things back and forth to one another. And, you know, we kind of had like an idea of what we wanted and it was relatively lo-fi. I didn't realize it was going to be as (laughs) lo-fi as what I wanted it to be because I had this vision to get a photographer, to get models, you know, people like in our community wearing our merchandise, like it was going to be this like full, you know, thing. Then we got plunged back into lockdown, like typical, like here we are again. Classic. Classic, which ruined my vibe. Um, <laughs> ruined ruined a lot of our vibes, it to ruined be fair. all of our vibes. <laughs> Everyone listening, yeah, it was a vibe killer. But I had to scrap that plan. I had to pivot and I had to go and become a model. Um, so I learned how to pose for the first time. You'll see my face uh, in a couple of the images. And I had to go and ask my housemates to come outside with me and take photos of me in said you know, merchandise under the moonlight at night time. Like a werewolf. Like a werewolf to create these lo-fi and they were hilarious. Like it was actually such a fun experience. But yeah, it's like when you are forced to kind of pivot, you've got to come up with a concept. And and at the start I was a little frustrated. I was like, oh, I really wanted to do this in the way that like I, you know, I envisioned, envisioned it, right? And we've been talking about this like for so long. And then I had to throw that out the window and I just like – I just had to change my mindset and, you know, I, I had to also take the product shots. So like there were photos of, you know, obviously me wearing it but and you wearing it but then also um, I had to take the product shots and I remember um, calling my friend who is a product photographer on FaceTime and I'm like, can you please help me? Like how do I set this up? Is the lighting coming from the right way? Like do I need a whiteboard here, here, here? And um, he was really helpful but, you know, the lesson there for me was like you've just got to, you've got to just figure it out. Mm. Like you've got to figure it out. But also I think, and again, this is something that CJ said to us, which Mm. is the best creativity comes from constraint. And Mm. like you were placed in a situation where A, you didn't have a big budget. B, you couldn't leave the house. Um, You know. (laughs) You had no money, no freedom. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Go and sell a product. But you had to make it work. And like for, for a split second, we were like, oh, should we push it? And then we were like, no. no, like, no, A, we need the money and, you know, we need to launch this product. Like, we can't push it anymore. But B, like, we just have to make do. Yeah. You set up the e-com. Tell, talk me through it. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I remember we were having one of our project whips and you were like, dude, like, I'm bloody doing all the photos. Like, I need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I need your help to set up the tech. And it's really funny because... In terms of our previous experience, like you have worked with websites, you've worked with e-commerce before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've done friggin' nothing. Like I've done nothing. Like I spent my whole career working in bricks and mortar retail. I have never, I don't even know how to navigate a website. (laughs) Yes, you do. Let alone build a website. But I was like, okay, I'm going to like step up here. So I dove into Squarespace and I just figured it out. And it was one of those things where it was like Pandora's box again. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I can build this shop. And it's like, oh, no, you need a payment system. What's Stripe? 
What's PayPal? You need to connect it to your email marketing platform. You need to figure out what shipping platform you're going to use. You need to integrate them all together. You need to zap this and zap that. And I was like, but the more I kind of just put my head down and Mm. dove into it, the more I realized that like, actually, this is the perfect task for the way my brain works. I'm like a systems thinker and I could see all the bits and pieces connecting. And it was such, it was so fun. Like I loved building it, but it also really challenged my mindset in terms of what I think I can and can't do. And I think we tell ourselves stories about I can do this because I've done it before or I can't do this because I've never done it before mm. or you're the right person to do this, not me. Mm. And this has really shown me that, like, that's all bullshit. Totally bullshit. And I'm glad you say that because, like, I know, you know, I do have the experience in that, but I kind of strategically pushed you into doing that because I knew that your brain could do it and I knew that you would enjoy it because you love systems. So I think also, you know, yeah, figuring out, like, push other people, push your business partner, Glad I did because you've done yeah. a great job. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of weird transactions in our bank account <laughs> that our accounts, accountants will probably be like, uh, what this? Because I forgot to put test mode on. And so I was going through the checkout experience and I bought a jumper and I forgot to like put test mode on. So there was a, there's like a few transactions from our NAB account back into our NAB account. Oh, well, there's our first sale. Yeah. <laughs> from, from ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. Net profit zero. <laughs> <laughs> but we have proved demand. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, classic. <laughs> so the lesson is that you can do more than what you think. I think, you know, as you said, you just have to kind of sometimes get out of your own way. Ask people that do mm. have a clue. If you if you really do get stuck, ask your friends, ask your network. They've, if someone's done it before, someone has gone before you. So pick up the phone, ask them, send them a text, say, hey, can you help? I think if you're listening to this story and you have a story in your head about what you can do or what you can't do in your business or what you're not capable of, we're challenging you on that. Mm. Like really sit there and think about whether the story that you're telling yourself is actually true and prove yourself wrong. Yep. Hold on tightly, but let go lightly. You may have an idea of how you want something to turn out like I did with the kind of the vision for this merchandise drop, but Sometimes life gets in the way and so you need to just let that go and find a new way to approach it. And sometimes it turns out better. You may surprise yourself. So you might be listening to this and wondering, how do I get my hands on this merch? Hopefully you are thinking that. So you can actually check out the fruits of our labour on our website. It's ladybrains.com.au and we'll also put the link in the show notes and you'll be able to get your hands on some merch there. Yes, go and buy all the things. Lady Brains is produced by Beth Gibson, audio production by Nicholas Sitch.